Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. another episode of the doctor's companion i'm scott corelli and i'm matt smith but not that matt smith and we are from mindrobber.net uh where we talk about all the things on podcasts uh, like this one where we talk about doctor who uh also we have this other podcast called the mind robbers uh where we talk about everything that isn't doctor who and uh if you like our shows you could review them uh on itunes uh, just like meg stags did and uh she gave us an incredible review incredible review uh i that review made my day <laughs> yeah i think i woke up to uh to, to a text from you that said eh, new itunes review my favorite thing and i was like okay and i looked at it and i was like no damn that was the best thing yeah Oh, such a good, such a good review. Um, so thank you so much to Meg Staggs. Uh, that was, it was awesome. Um, you get us, you get us. <laughs> if you have questions, comments, concerns, or any other, uh, sort of cool thing you might feel like sharing, you can email those, uh, to podcast at mindrobber.net. Uh, if you want to start a discussion, however, uh, we would point you toward our website, mindrobber.net, where you can leave comments and we can comment back and you can comment back to our comment. And then there, that's a discussion. That's what happens. Uh, so anyway. We're here to talk about uh, The Keeper of Trocken, which is the penultimate fourth Doctor story. Um, and uh, and then also uh, a little later, uh, our, our Series 5 revisit episode will be for The Lodger. So look oh. forward to that. <laughs> yeah, they're both penultimate stories. I think we mentioned that last week, but that's the connection this week. Why oh, they're yeah. perfectly paired together. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Not an accident. Not an accident. Um, <laughs> no. So, uh, but yeah, Fate. so <laughs> Keeper of Trakin, um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what the background significance of this, um, other than, other than, uh, I, you know, I, it's, it's, it's the, it's the first and I want to say only, uh, uh, Adric solo companion story. Um, it's also the introduction of Nyssa and the reintroduction of the master, like for the first time since, uh, gooey master in, yeah. in, uh, uh, what's that episode called? I forget. Deadly assassin. Deadly assassin. I knew it was something assassin, um, yeah. from the deadly assassin. And then of course, before that with Roger Delgado. So like eh, master, not around for a really long time. Um, yeah, and then suddenly all over. Yeah. All over. <laughs> Like in every in every season of uh, Doctor Who, 
for like six years or something like six no five no six straight years this is the first of six straight years of master stories and oftentimes showing up more than once like uh or (laughs) three times in a row as what's about to happen yeah yeah Uh, trilogy if you yeah we've Um, already done two of those stories (laughs) we we have and i don't know when we're looking at legopolis but uh we're we're looking at it at some point that's for sure and um, we're we're looking at Lo- Logopolis with its uh, with its hallway of 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 drawn ends. <laughs> I love I, that's my favorite part of that story. Is yeah. they just keep walking down the same hallway of people, and at the end of the ha- like it's such a small hallway, and at the end of the hallway, there's drawings of the hallway continuing. <laughs> It's glorious. It it's is wonderful. glorious. It's wonderful. Um, um, yeah. So, but other than that, yeah. No, no. You hit the nails on the head. It, it's the it's the first appearance of Nissa. It's technically a solo Adric story. I mean, Nissa kind of counts if you count it in the future, which I guess we will talk about eventually. Um, but but it is the solo adventure of Adric with the fourth doctor and it's the twilight of the fourth doctor. This is him at the very, very, very end of his life. Um, he has one more story and then he's done and it's the reappearance of the master. And, um, the thing that was interesting is that this story actually wasn't designed to feature the master. It was, it's written by Johnny Byrne who would go on to write, uh, a couple other stories for, um, for doctor who, including arc of infinity and, uh, warriors of the deep, both of which are not very good. So, that um but but it was originally it was originally designed as like a as like a us and them story with like uh, a group of great people and a group of like uh, of of like i guess they're i i hesitate to say black people but like a tribe of people who were like defined by wearing the color black and and uh, good and evil and and uh, a woman who invites a demon into one of the camps, um, so not su- super far off the story, and a, and a character who was very master-esque, who Nathan Turner was just like, hey, just make it the master, and we'll put the master in this story, the next story, and the story after that, to bridge the fourth and fifth Doctor, because <laughs> Tom Baker's been around for seven years, and uh, that's a long time. So uh, it's that's kind of where it is. It's directed by John Black, who I don't think directed any stories after this, Um I I could I could absolutely be wrong about that, but that that's really all it's about. Um, and it's I mean, and it's the reintroduction of the master, and like basically, it's a story about how he got his <laughs> how he got his his uh, his body back, um, or a new body in which to play. Um, oh, he also directed uh, Fort of Doomsday. That's right. Uh, <laughs> which I remember uh, is kind of a mess, but. <laughs> There it is. Um, so yeah, it's it's that's really what Keeper Trucking's all about. And yeah. I there's a lot going about... on with this story. There's a lot yeah, going I, on. I have a lot more to say about the story than I actually thought I did. <laughs> yeah, there there is a lot happening here. Yes, um, but yes. before we talk about what's happening, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase our book of the month, Black Sad Volume 1 by Juan Diaz Canales and Juan Yo Guarnido. It's available for sixteen forty nine, which is 45% off its suggested retail price of $29.99. Remember, all our orders over $50 get free shipping, so thanks to InStockTrades.com. All right, so... Uh, I guess the first thing that I want to talk about, um, is, is, is how weird it is to see Adric and Tom Baker together. (laughs) It's weird for me anyway. 
Yes. Um, because I'm just so used to Adric with Peter Davison. Uh, so that's really strange. Also, Tom Baker, uh, this, I I guess, I don't know if it's just this, this episode or, or what, but this is the most Matt Smithy I think I've ever seen any of the classic doctors. Hmm. Um, because he's just very random. Yes. Uh, very random. And, and like, Random in 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 a very Matt Smithy way, like where where he uh, he's like uh, what's that the the thing where he just where he says something and then and then and then Adric is like that doesn't make any sense. He's like oh it doesn't oh well I I, I sometimes it don't make sense and that's okay that makes more sense than not making sense. And you're like what are you talking about? Like <laughs> uh, and it's just it's it's. It's just a really weird characteristic. I don't know. And it's one that I don't remember um, the fourth Doctor having much mm-hmm. of. But then I've never seen anything uh, between City of Death and this. So I haven't seen, like, the E-Space <laughs> trilogy or anything. <laughs> or Miglos or yeah, The Leisure like, Hive. Yeah, I haven't seen any of that stuff. So, like, I don't <laughs> – I, I, you know, I think uh, – because – is the uh, uh, the 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 oh crap? What are those guys called? The um, the time traveling like bull guys. Oh yeah, those are after City of Death. Okay, so then the so then between that and the Nyman, thank you. Yeah, yeah, between the Nyman episode and 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 this, I I haven't seen anything between there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I you know I just uh I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, it, it 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 feels like someone who's much more animated than he is, even in the Graham Williams era. I mean, he's always kind of there, but I feel like the presence is not quite as manic as he is here. He's very um, almost off his rocker, like a little loopy. Um, yeah, which I which I find I like a lot. Um, I, no, I, think I, that- I I like it too. It's just. It, it's weird because I haven't seen that happen before, and maybe mm-hmm. maybe it, maybe it's not just me. Maybe it is this story. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just this writer. I think it's just I think it's just the doctor heading in that direction. Like from a writing perspective, I mean, he's been around for so long that the the manic I feel gets more as you hit the Nathan Turner era. Like Nathan Turner really brings. I feel like he brings that in a little bit more. The uh, happy go lucky quirky actor sort of aspect to it not as much as we get it now like the manic of Tennant or smith but i feel like that's something that does come up more under nathan turner um but i again i don't remember it being as much in um in the other stories in this season i mean in legopolis is positive he's positively demure and in the e-space trilogy let's forget me gloss and leisure hive because they're not very good but in the e-space trilogy he's i don't remember him being as much this as he is after i mean i feel like there's a there's a a weight that's lifted with the departure of Romana um, and Lala Ward that I feel like he just kind of gets to cut a little bit loose here and, and relax a little, which I kind of like. Um, it's also fun seeing uh, seeing Tom Baker and Adric uh, interact because you just get this sense. You just get this sense that Matthew Waterhouse is just like, this guy is the coolest guy ever. To the point where he's just like, look at all these things I'm learning. 
And and then and then Peter Davison and the rest of the cast have to pay for it later on. <laughs> but I feel like this is Matthew Waterhouse being like, I'm learning to be an actor. <laughs> from one of my favorite people. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I can't help but get that sense from every scene. Oh uh, sure. Between the two <laughs> there, of them. There's a there's a puppy dog looking up to him that, that is that is lost. When you hit Davison, like once you hit the fifth doctor, I feel like Adric is almost looking down on the fifth doctor. Yeah. Or, or like being at eye level and thinking he's looking down on him, which I think is really funny. Um, (laughs) but, but yeah, I, I, I really like this and I really like Tom Baker in this and it's, I don't know. It, it just works for me. The whole thing just really works for me in a way that I didn't remember it working i mean granted i wasn't the one who blogged this for my blog but it 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 just plays really well it's a really i mean well i guess i guess i should mention it's a fairly edenic tale it's very much like trocken is eden it's a perfect paradise full of happy shiny people who don't sin and the story of this creature that invades, which we find out to be the master, um, that brings sin upon the place through a woman. Um, I mean, is it misogynistic? I, I guess, but it's mostly just a, a, an Eden story, um, which I really love. Um, and it feels really much like a fable. Like when I watch it, there's aspects to this that feel very much like uh, uh, um, almost a Moffat era fairy tale. Um, it feels like a story more than it is, or, or a storybook, I suppose, rather than like a, like a high adventure thing. Um, and that's really, that's, I don't know. That's one of the things that I take away from this that makes it really awesome. I feel, um, I don't know. what do you think? Maybe. Uh, yeah, no, I think so. Um, uh, and and you know I I I like a lot of this story. Uh, there's a couple of minor quibbles I have. Like I don't like the idea that um, that Anthony Anley's character's wife uh, in this goes evil, and no one seems to really make a big deal about it. <laughs> um, I, I think that's a little weird. Like yes, uh, like Anthony Anley's character has zero reaction to his his wife and you know, I would assume love of his life, uh, dying in front of him. Um, and, uh, Nissa couldn't care less, could not care. She is a daddy's girl. Um, she, clearly. clearly, or, or as we, or as we learn later, someone who really just doesn't care as much about the people around her as you probably think she would. Yeah. <laughs> Cause there is no, there is no reaction from her later about, uh, about the master. I mean, when we did cast Revolva, we talked about how she says that face, I hate that face. Um, but, it, it, I mean, well, it is problematic because they didn't really think that one through. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think it's. I mean, I think it's. I think it's a pretty good episode. Like, it's it's not great. Um, no, yes, but but I think that it's it's very uh, adequate. Um, yeah. And there's something magical about about a statue sitting on a throne. Um, yes. Like and when that happens, and he's like, "It's they're just talking to the statue that's just sitting on this throne." And then, as you find out later, it's actually a TARDIS. So it's a TARDIS <laughs> as a statue sitting on a throne, like only on Doctor Who. Like that is just. <laughs> 
I it's oh my god, it's incredible. I yeah, love that. A statue a statue declares itself ruler of a planet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. It's uh. so bizarre. Um but it it is it does help to like this whole mythic idea that the story goes for. Like when the tr- when the keeper dies and I and I thought this when I was watching it. When the keeper dies and you get the end of episode 3 and the lightning starts and the thunder starts, it feels really apocalyptic. Um it feels very much like this this world's ending and nothing's going to make it better and even the i mean it's done poorly but but the end of the story when there's a they're they're defeating the melker and the wind in the there's there's supposed to be wind flying all through the all through the throne room and everyone's barely holding on for dear life and adric stumbling forward like it's done it's done so poorly but it helps the tone match what this feels there's a there's a there's a dark undercurrent here and i mean it's probably because me projecting on it because this is the end of tom baker but there is a dark undercurrent here that is in that just percolates through everything that's going down um of course tom baker would wind up in eden at the very end i don't know why that makes sense but of course he would go there it's no different than i don't know the 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 10th doctor going to uh going to the very end of the universe before he meets the master like those things just feel like they work and there's no reason for it but it's something that just goes oh that's really neat Uh, that's really cool um and i love i love that about this i love Mm -hmm. all those all those things about that It, it 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 just works from like a story perspective, and it's weird that Johnny Byrne was never able to do anything <laughs> so clever again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although you know, I gotta be honest, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I wonder if this story would have been as good if it hadn't been the master. Hmm. I, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I see exactly what you mean, and I think that the reason. Because this is actually something I wanted to bring up, bring up too, is the first time you're watching this, or even if you didn't know this was the master, and you're watching it, you're just like, wow, this feels like a weird sort of standard Doctor Who story. But once the master shows up, it feel the the scope of this whole thing blows itself out, like suddenly we're dealing with like a, a mini like a morality play on an on an edenic world and all of a sudden we're dealing with something that is uh, transtemporal something that is massive the story of time lords playing on a massive scale as we'll see in legopolis whenever we talk about legopolis and that denouement's in castrovalva you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it feels like it does feel like a prelude and the final moment where where tree mass is taken over by the master feels really dark like it feels like a really really dark moment not as dark as it could have been um but you're right it does make it feel like a prelude to something greater it does feel like oh the doctor's story is ending like if they had said your story is ending doctor in this story (laughs) i think doctor who fans would have flipped out um like super planet of the dead sort of way oh yeah Um, Oh man, that would have been awesome. Um, they didn't think like that then, though. No, clearly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh, <laughs> it, like, like, there's no like. If you're watching this, you like, there's almost. I mean, and this is all hindsight, but there's really no way of knowing that the doctor is about to meet his end. Um, those are all things that I think we should graft onto this after the fact. Um, the people at the time would have known that Tom Baker was leaving, but if you just watched this as an episode of Doctor Who, for example, not knowing that Buffy was doing a musical episode to use a conversation that we had just a couple days ago, um, I don't, I don't think you'd know. Um, 
because, I mean, the Master's not a big presence in the Fourth Doctor's era, but it is interesting. And using that, like, I mean, I find I find that Doctor Who itself, the classic series, is much more interesting when you graft on um, hindsight knowledge onto it, especially because these are stories that I'm not watching one time. These are not stories that I'm watching in any given order. They're stories that you have to kind of bring your baggage to. Um, and with that, you can graft on interesting things. Example, the, the loss of Nissa's. I mean, I know I'm not, I'm not stopping. I apologize, but you have this story that is about, uh, again, an Edenic paradise. And it's about the harmony of this Edenic paradise and a demon that steps in a devil and disrupts this harmony. And it, and it, at the end, harmony is restored, but you also end on a moment where Nyssa loses her mother in, as a result of the adventure, but also in an epilogue loses her father to the master. And I think that thematically, if it's a, if it's the story about the disruption of harmony, what's more destabilizing to a child's life than losing a father? I mean, ask Bruce Wayne. Um, <laughs> and I think that that, like that brings something to it. I mean, the moment is very, uh, it's very quickly played off because I think that this episode was running probably a little bit long or something. But the father, where are you line is truly heartbreaking. Like it's 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 devastating to watch this girl lose her father. Um, and to, I mean, she doesn't deal with it right now. She doesn't really ever deal with it. But seeing that is really, really I mean, it's really hard. and It makes me really sad <laughs> at the end of this. Like, a, I don't know. It just, it just got to me. It just got me at the end. Um, and I think that that's. I don't know. That's one of the things that I really bring out of this is that moment, that yeah. sadness. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I also, uh, I just want to, I want to, I want to give some uh, props to a guy who uh, never, no one ever talks about, but uh, Jeffrey Beavers is the master. It's good stuff. <laughs> oh, it's really good stuff. It's really good stuff. It's uh, really good stuff. Uh, it makes me sad that we got Anthony Anley instead. <laughs> because <laughs> Jeffrey Weavers is great. Yeah. Um, you know, he's still not my favorite master. Uh, he could have been maybe if, you know, he was, if we got to see what he was like as, you know, less gooey. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but then again, the same goes for, uh, gooey master himself. Um, yes. because Peter Pratt, yeah, Pratt, like Pratt was also amazing. Um, but Peter Pratt, like uh, Peter Pratt and and Jeffrey Beavers, like they both played uh, different iterations of Gooey Master, and both of them, I would have loved to see play the Master as themselves. You know, yeah, I'd like well, to see what that's like. I guess sure, and I and I agree, and I think that the thing that uh, I guess I didn't tell you about this is that Big Finish actually did bring in Jeffrey Beavers a few more times. No, I know, um, I've heard that story. Oh, yeah. No, well, they also brought him in more beyond that. Um, oh, I thought yeah. – okay. I thought he only did the one. No. They did a the, they did a Seventh Doctor story called Dust Breeding, which wasn't very good that featured him as the master. But he also showed up in the most recent season of the Fourth Doctor Adventures that they just started up um, in a story called Trail of the White Worm and the Asiden Adventure. Hmm. Um, neither of them – were stories that I particularly loved. I thought they were okay, but Jeffrey Beavers as the master, like it's almost worth hearing. There are there. I think they're worth hearing just to hear him. Um, and they're really like, he's really, really good. Even now, like this is, this story was like, 
what 30 years ago yeah um and the, and he's still good now like he's still amazing at it um and totally just yeah it's a bummer that he's not around more um <laughs> and a bummer that we got Ainley not because I think Ainley's bad I just think his like what they made him do with the master was not good because as Tremass he's actually really good in this like really good yeah um, but that's the thing is that like as Tremus he's really good because Tremus is a very understated character and I don't mm-hmm. I, I think there's few actors who can pull off both understated performances and overstated performances. Like usually you're you're one or the other, like as far as like the type of actor that you are. Mm-hmm. And he is an understated actor, not an overstated one. Like as soon as he tries to go over the top even a little bit, it's just way too much. Mm-hmm. Um agreed. So that's how I feel about mm-hmm. about An- Anley. Um, also, it was uh, it was hard for me. It took it took uh, I'd say like an episode and a half for me to uh, like Tremus because all I saw was the master. I'm like, no, yes. you guys, you don't understand. He's in the disguise. He's just <laughs> this is what he does. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I I know what you mean, and it, and it is like the first time you watch this, especially if you know that Anthony Anley's the master, and you've seen that, and then you watch it, and you're just like, guys, he's in disguise, and then you realize, no, he's not in disguise, and then you realize that the ending is ridiculously tragic <laughs> because yeah. you have no time to say goodbye to him. Yeah, <laughs> all because he touched a clock. Yeah, which is not fair. I mean, how many clocks have I touched? Quite a few. Quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But. Yeah, no, I, I, I like this. Um and I uh I I just I don't know. Like I uh I I, I also I suddenly I get Adric um yeah. in this. Like I, I, I get it. And I think that he would have worked really well as a companion of of, of the fourth doctor. Like like mm-hmm. an extended companion of the fourth doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, cause how many stories did he end up doing with him? Five? Full circle, state of the K warriors, gatekeeper, truck, and Legopolis. Five, so five. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's uh, that's. I mean, I guess that's quite a few. Um, because mm-hmm. what did he do? Five with him, and five or six with Davison. Six with Davison. Six with Davison. So eleven mm-hmm. total. That's quite. But a few. you can tell, like, once Davison shows up, that the the, the dynamic switches, and not for the better. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Putting putting a kid like because Adric's a kid. Putting a kid with a younger doctor is not as interesting. Putting a kid with like an older doctor like Tom Baker is much more interesting mm-hmm. um, than than that. Um, I absolutely that's, that's, that's absolutely how I feel about it. Like it's mm-hmm. just there's just something I I I I like that the relationship between the doctor and Adric here is that the doctor is like. Uh, sit back, little boy. Let me tell you a story. And Adric's just like, your stories are stupid. And he's just like, you little, oh, I can't hate you. Like, I, I just, I, I, like, I love that that dynamic. Like, I, I yes. don't know. It's 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 really fun, and it's one that um goes away. Yeah, and and you're right in that it's. I mean, it is five stories, but. When we watch Full Circle, Full Circle is not a very good Adric story because, um, I mean, he's not really a true companion yet. State of Decay is not good because it's more of like a – Adric basically halfway through the story just decides, I'm going to hang out with the vampires and join the vampires. Uh, 
which is bizarre. And then Warrior's Gate is much more a story about the Doctor than it is about anything else. And then so you're left with Legopolis and Keeper of Trocken. And I think that Adric's quite good in Legopolis. It's just that Legopolis is about, you know, Tegan showing up. So it's... Pr- <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. That was a that was a bad joke. Um <laughs> it's also about other things. Um but you're right. It is it is a bummer and it is funny cuz watching this like Adric just gets along with the fourth doctor and he gets along with Nissa really well. Like watching them pal around is really uh, it, it reminds me of uh the artful dodger aspect that they wanted to bring him in and, as initially and all mm-hmm. that. So you're you're right. It it is a bummer and it's a sadness and um if if Adric had been around with the fourth Doctor more, I think it would be more liked. Um, unfortunately, they gave him the fifth Doctor, and then he became a whiny brat. So mm-hmm. there you go. Mm-hmm. Mostly because the fifth Doctor just he doesn't have time for his crap. I mean, no, no, no. That's, he's that's basically he's just like he's like let me he, he's like uh, I'm going to tell you something, and the and Adric is like oh I know this. Yeah, your stories are stupid, and Davison's just like, fine, whatever, and he just walks away. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's like, <laughs> and, and 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 the Fifth Doctor's also worrying about Tegan. I mean, as we as we've been noticing with the Fifth Doctor stories, is there's a, there's a I guess a theme, but it's more of like an overarching sort of goal for the for the first season of the Fifth Doctor is they're trying to get Tegan home because mm-hmm. Tegan was unfortunately just whisked away in Legopolis and then is trying to get home for all the stories. And when we get to time flight, she will get home, but uh, I mean, spoilers for time flight. Um, (laughs) But, but you know, the focus of that season is mostly on Tegan um, more than anyone else. I mean, this is not given the fair shake and Adric. I mean, well, he dies. So, (laughs) so it's just, I mean, it's just unfortunate and it, and it is kind of like Matthew Waterhouse is given uh, a short shrift, but at the same time, he's not great. I mean, he's fine. He's good, but uh, he's not anyone's favorite companion. Uh, And even based on this story, like if you showed this to one person, people would be like, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. But you wouldn't like, you know, Based mm-hmm. on his other work, like this is probably his strongest story outside of perhaps Earthshock or Kinda. He's pretty good in Kinda. Um, I don't know. I like Adric best when he's strung up um, <laughs> <laughs> and Castor Valva. Uh, that's not true. That's not true. Anyways, yeah. Keep her talking. Good stuff. And firmly middle of the road, like middle, middle, middle of the pack, Tom Baker. It doesn't raise a head, but it's not. It's not poor. It's definitely one of the stronger parts of this season. Um uh, with the best parts being probably Legopolis and Warrior's Gate. Um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, all right, well, before we move on uh, to The Lodger, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic books, statues, action figures, T-shirts, uh, any sort of cool, nerdy thing that you f- you might want to buy from a local comic book shop. Don't buy it from your local comic book shop. Buy it from DCBService.com because if you pre-order it from them, uh, they have uh, discounts up to 75% off in some cases. Uh, regular discounts of 40% off. Uh, your com- your local comic book shop isn't going to have that. So order from DCBService.com. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. Uh, and you only pay six ninety five for flat rate shipping. So order a few things, wait for them all to come in, and then ship them all at once. It's yeah. nice. So thanks yeah. to DCBService.com. Go there and order stuff. All right. So the lodger. Um, 
I seem to remember this being a story that you're not overly fond of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know why I remember. I feel like I remember that, but I feel like this is a story that you have told me before that you're just kind of meh about. That's not true. Oh, okay. No, I, I quite like this story. Oh, okay. It's quite wonderful. Because I think that it's, I think other than Vincent and the Doctor is my favorite of the season. And, wow. And I think that, um, I think that it's also the perfect amalgamation of, um, of the Moffat and art and Russell T Davies eras. Like, yes, it's like this perfect amalgam of the two. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's, it's fascinating, uh, to watch. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but uh, yeah, no, I, I love it. Like it's very much a Russell T Davies kind of monster. Uh, yes. Overly, Oh, like overly simplified. Um, and like just, it's really just an, uh, almost an idea more than a full thought out thing. And because it's an idea, they can uh, morph the idea to fit the theme of the episode, um, which is basically home is where the heart is. Uh, and I, I, I just, I, oh God, I love it so much. It's like a, it's, it's a nearly perfect episode. I, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. It's it's really really wonderful. I think I like other stories. I think the thing is I like other stories in the season more. Um, uh, I, I mean I love Vincent and the Doctor more than this. I love the Angel two parter more than this. Um, I like the Eleventh Hour more than this, and I like Pandorica more than this. But this is really 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 up there, and I like it because like Vincent and the Doctor, it's trying to do something different with the show, but mm-hmm. not something that feels so weird that it's not doctor who um but it's really really great and it is like i mean it's i mean i said this to you while you were watching it because i would because <laughs> i said i'm gonna start watching this and we can record soon and you're like oh i'll watch it right now so we were watching it kind of at the same time and one of the things that i said about this is that this is a much lower budget doctor who than moffat is used to working on because by this point he had completely blown the budget on pandorica which is ridiculously expensive um so this and amy's choice were the last thing shot this season and this was the last thing shot in the season um so they're clearly out of money the whole thing basically takes place in an apartment i mean they do some soccer shootings but other than that like some stuff at a soccer field but other than that the whole thing is in an apartment which is insane Mm -hmm. and they pull it off um they pull it off wonderfully um and it's i (laughs) i'm I'm sorry i just i i just noticed i'm looking at the uh the TARDIS wiki file for this, and it says the main enemy is 79B Aikman Road. <laughs> Which makes me laugh. Um, so anyway, sorry. No, no, that's okay. Um, but no, I really, really like this. It, it is one of the stronger outings of the season. Um, uh, I just I just love the other stuff more. Um, I think that... Um, uh, if anything, it leaves me a little bit underwhelmed with the ending, specifically with um, they're just like, oh, we'll see this later, and then they kind of never pick up on it again. Um, see I what love- later. Just the just the just the TARDIS that the, the this guy's creating a new TARDIS and blah 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 and the alien oh. kind of vanishes. I, I find a lack of closure with that. But in terms of the solution to the problem, I mean it's no different than what Gareth Roberts does in the next season with closing time, only he does it better here, where this is clearly all about uh, what it's like to wasn't wasn't the TARDIS 
I mean, they didn't say it, but well, isn't the TARDIS that they're building, isn't this the same TARDIS that the silence were in later? Like, Yeah, that's the that's Okay, the so the silence, the silence was building it. So this was... Right. Okay. <laughs> but, they never, but they never did anything with it later. Well, um, I, c- come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. Uh, but, like, that's a minor quibble, again... That's, and that's, that's a mythology quibble. That's not... That doesn't have yeah. anything to do with this episode, I don't sure, think. Sure, ab- absolutely. But it is... I mean, it is really wonderful. And, I mean, I, I showed this to my roommate, um, Rebecca, who's not familiar with Doctor Who at all. Um, and I previously said, hey, watch Earthshock with me. Whoops. Um, <laughs> and she lost interest about halfway through. That's... Um, she, I don't know what you were thinking. <laughs> I, I I remember Earthshock being better uh, if you remember us talking about it. Yeah, um, that's true. But I was like, "Hey, you want to watch this with me?" Because we had just she she was making a bed because she just got a new bed, and I was like, uh, uh, "Domesticity, let's watch The Lodger." Um, <laughs> and she was like, "Sure, I'll watch this." And she has she's not familiar with Doctor Who, and she came out of it like really enjoying it. Like I think she had a really good time, um, and was just like, "Yeah, that was that was really fun." And as the first story, I don't know if it works as wonderful as it as it as other ones would, because this is a lot about if you know the Doctor, then this is just them it's basically just 45 minutes of fun and games yeah (laughs) from the second he walks into the into the into the apartment until he leaves it's all just fun and games um but it's still like it's still wonderful and delightful and fun and all about just like the the comedy that you get out of out of putting two guys who are totally unlike i mean that's a basic sitcom trope um but it's i mean it's wonderful it's Mm -hmm. absolutely wonderful i just Um, i love craig owens uh, yes. I, yeah. I, I I love him to pieces, and there's just I don't I I don't know, man. Like I love him in the same way that I love uh, I love Vincent. Uh, you know, it's it's a thing where it's like he's sort of a one shot companion. Um, uh, of course, he does come back, but you know, um, he's he's sort of meant to be a, a one shot companion, and like I I just I love this story because. Yes, you have the fun and games, and yes, you have, um, you, you know, the 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 upstairs enemy going yes. on and all that plot. But like, honestly, my favorite bits in this is, is all the stuff between uh, between Craig and Sophie and yeah. like their relationship. And I love that the episode is built thematically around their relationship. And there's just. There's nothing like him pronouncing his love for her. Like at the end of this episode, oh my god, I love it so much because it's just yeah, it's, it's so perfect uh, and like just so well done. And just, oh god, I love it. I love it. Yeah, love it. Well, yeah, and that's I mean that's the thing is I mean it's not just the character on the page, but James Corden really just takes the the character who is I mean he's not like he's he's like he's like a couple of notes. I mean he's not like perfectly sketched out and really just turns him into a person who you believe lives here, who is who you believe would touch the rot where he's just like, well, I'm not going to do what the doctor tells me. Um, mm-hmm. Like he turns, he turns all those things and makes it builds a full through line for the character. And then like the speech at the end is wonderful. It's so wonderful. Oh, yeah. um, watching him deal with the indecision is just, it's, it's great. Um, it's so great. Um and you're right, like the thematic around that that Gareth Roberts builds, I mean, that's, I feel like it's just something that Gareth Roberts picks up from the Davies era because mm-hmm. this season doesn't have a lot of Davies era writers coming back. I mean, you have Whithouse and you have, um, you have Gatiss, but <laughs> we saw how that turned out. Um, and, and Gatiss hardly counts, 
like because yeah he did write two episodes in the Davies era but they were the ones that felt the least Daviesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you know, but but I, what I love about but you're right and Roberts like Roberts just brings in a sense of like this is about you know like like what you said home is where the heart is and he mixes like that in. So it's like a Davies story because it's about the people. And it's also a, like a Moffat story because it's got like the wacky aliens and Matt Smith being completely and totally insane, which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit, but he also brings in like, uh, from what I've understood, well, from what I understand, Gareth Roberts bring like his favorite era of doctor who or the era that he feels more, most comfortable in is like a Graham Williams type era. Like the, the high comedy, big, a, big bug eyed aliens, spaceships, that whole era of who is, is him. And if you listen to uh, the big finished production, uh, the one doctor that is, about as Graham Williams' story as you can possibly ever get. Um, he brings all of those things together into a, a, a piece of Doctor Who that doesn't feel like a different piece of Doctor Who. It feels like it feels like its own unique thing, um, and I and I love that about it. It's it's the same way where it's like you switch from going a really personal story about art in Vincent the Doctor to the Lodger, which is totally unlike anything else. To uh, Pandora opens next week. Like they're all totally different stories, and that's the thing that I love about like this. It it just feels different. It feels new in the way that Doctor Who can be anything, but it also says in the Moffat era, like, this show can do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, we are a show that can now do whatever we want. And going from... And looking back on this season, like, it just... it Like, it it feels so unique. Like, it feels... Every story is totally different. Every story has its own sort of, like, tone and feel. And, and I mean, they're they're linked together thematically somehow. That It feels like Series 5. But compare it to, like, the five episodes of Series 7, which all feel the same. Um, they all feel very, very, very similar, um, except for uh, Power of Three. Um, they all feel like they're cut from the same cloth. Like, this doesn't, and this is wonderful for it. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's great, and it makes me realize, oh, right, yeah, fifth season did really knock it out of the park. And even though that this is the very tail end of the production of that season... I don't care. Like, they're still really delivering. Because they could have phoned it in after Pandora. They absolutely could have. And they were like, no, let's 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 do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just, uh, I, I just, I, yeah. None of those, <laughs> none of those stories even. Like, for me, my top three of series five is Vincent, Lodger, and Eleventh Hour. Uh, nice. And I just – those are the ones that I like. And I realize you look at all those stories and I just realize very much the kind of Doctor Who story that I like, which is very mm-hmm. character-driven. Um, yeah. Very and, small. Like yeah. Very small stories. Very small and, and character-driven and with, with, with like little bits of sci-fi mixed in. And that, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's my – what I want out of Doctor Who. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, apparently it's not for everybody, but, uh, <laughs> uh you know, well, some people, well Hey, received- some people like dinosaurs on a spaceship. 
No, that's fine. Those people are allowed to like dinosaurs on a spaceship, but like, you know, this is basically the fear her of this season for a lot of in a lot of different ways. Oh god. Don't that, compare it that, to that. Come on. <laughs> I'm no, I'm comparing it because Fear Her was also produced really late in the game. It was done on no budget and it had like a very small scope. Um I'd say Love and Monsters, but this isn't Love and Monsters. It's it, it feels a lot like Fear Her, but that's unfair because fear her is rubbish and this is wonderful um but like in terms of that like they remind me of each other and it's one of those things where it's like every season you almost expect doctor who to hit certain points you always expect him to like meet a famous old historical character or you always expect him to do like the big splashy sci-fi adventure in a big futuristic setting um this is the doctor light episode there's the companion light episode right and this is this is the companion light episode and it's also like the small low budget episode and those things are things that I really love about the show um and I I don't know I just I I do love this story I really 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 love this story it's really wonderful and for all the little touches I mean Matt Smith making an omelet Matt Smith <laughs> playing soccer matt smith getting out of the shower matt smith uh talking on the scrambler matt smith hitting craig owens on the head with his own head which i (laughs) i i love but (laughs) i hate like and this is a fandom complaint but i hate like watching like reading reviews of this story and people just being like so is this a thing a doctor can the doctor can do now it's like no don't be dumb this is just a cool thing that happened one time to help explain the story don't be stupid (laughs) Oh. <sighs> but yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Him on the phone. Him on the phone is wonderful. Basically telling that guy to go frack off is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's just like, oh, I need you to hold on a second. I'm eating a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> and having the time of his life. Uh. And the giant wacky like not steampunk but just cobbled together sci-fi machine is just great like it's just yeah love it it's, it's right out of et <laughs> so right out of et ah <laughs> uh... oh and i guess i guess we should also talk about amy who's not in this story but the last like beat of this is wonderful like just in terms of like looking back on the whole season and like just knowing where we're kind of going watching Amy pick up that ring is kind of like a big oh snap moment like I I remember watching it the first time and being like oh snap what is going to happen next and then watching it again I was just reminded of like I don't know if this is the overarching story of the sh- of the of the season like it doesn't feel shoved down my throat it doesn't feel like it's throwing in random extra added bits it just feels like a small beat to just keep the story moving mm-hmm. um and I love that about it. Like I, 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 I begrudge. I hate saying this, but I love Doctor Who being more standalone, but with minor threads connecting pieces together, rather than like massive tapestry. Um, we've seen what they try to do with massive tapestry. It was called season six, and I didn't like it. Um, but I love, I love just the minor beats here. Even the crack, like the crack, I don't mind at the end of this because you tie the crack to the ring suddenly it's like oh we're going to the ending um and i love that about it um i just wanted to mention that because because <laughs> it just i was just like ah so well shot and so well put together um that that the smash to black is great it's great mm-hmm. it's it's just it's a nice uh it's a nice beat to end on because it's just 
very not Doctor Who. Yes. I don't know. No, you're right. It's not like the big splashy moment. It's not the pan over to the the photo, which is where you expect the story to end. It just feels like something new and different, which, I mean, is the best way to sum up this episode because it is something new and different. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's great. It's great. I love when Doctor Who messes with the premise of the show like this. It's just really, really, really great. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right, well, uh, next week, uh, Remembrance of the Daleks and Pandorica opens the Big Bang, so that's a good week. <laughs> should be uh, should be enjoyable. Should be enjoyable. <laughs> uh, yeah, lots to look forward to there. Um, I'll finally get to watch my copy of Remembrance of the Daleks. Which I just bought this week. I bought it like a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're gonna you're gonna like it. Ace attacking Daleks with baseball bats. It's that's awesome. That's incredible. I can't. It's, I'm. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, in the meantime, however, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm twitter.com/scottcorelli. Twitter.com/scottcommentary is where I live tweet things from time to time. Uh, I should probably do something with that at some point. Yeah. Well, why not? It's good stuff. Yeah, I guess it's so. Good stuff. Um, also, uh, if you're not doing it yet, uh, you should be listening to the Mind Robbers, which is our other podcast. Um, uh, you guys, I, I know you like things that aren't just Doctor Who, um, <laughs> but I've seen the numbers for this show and the numbers for other show, and more people want listen to this one. Um, if you listen to this and you like us, you should go ahead and listen to the Mind Robbers. I don't know why you're not. Um, so, uh, go, uh, go check out the mind robbers and listen to us talk about things, uh, based on, based on reviews and, 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 and whatnot, we've, uh, we've decided originally Skyfall was going to be our last review special of the year. Now it looks like we're probably going to do the Hobbit. The reason we weren't going to do the Hobbit was because we assumed the Hobbit would end up on our respective top 10, one of, at least one of our respective top 10 lists. And there, therefore, like we didn't want to do a review special and then the next week do our end of the year special and have to talk about it again. Seemed like a waste. But based on reviews, we're like, eh, it's probably not going to be on our top 10. So we should go ahead and do a review special. So we, yes. we make sure that we get to talk about it. Um, so <laughs> we're going to be doing a review special soon. Also, this week on The Mind Robbers, we're going to be talking about the first half of the third season of The Walking Dead, um, and uh, start. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple of Christmas movies. This week we're talking about Arthur Christmas. Next week we're talking about Love Actually, um, because Matt has not seen it, and I need to. Yes, you do. Um, <clears throat> also relevant to uh, The Walking Dead. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, Rick is in love, actually. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who are just like, how? <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, you guys should check it out. We got lots of stuff that we're going to be talking about that, that is, is uh, you know, uh, it's worthwhile. It's worthwhile listening. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Me, talk, me talking about a couple episodes of Wizards vs. Aliens, which I uh, was planning on talking about the, original, the whole season, and I was like, I have other things to do. <laughs> But I'll talk about that on the show. Uh, it's, no, it's a lot of fun. If you if you watch The Walking Dead, at least listen to that because 
we have some things to say. We have some things to we say. We do. We do. If you if you're thinking about this from a Doctor Who perspective, like the Doctor's companion, like oh they hated it. Ah, listen to the show. Listen to the show. I'm not even saying I hated it. I'm not even saying I loved it. I'm just saying I want to listen to the show. <laughs> listen to the show. Yes. Yes. Do that. <laughs> Uh, Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Gungan, and you can also follow me at my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash Commentary, where I live tweet my things. Uh, you can also find me at my blog, Classical Gallifrey, but not for long. Uh, we're in the home stretch. I just posted The Web Planet, which is a, which is an entry, the first Doctor story, and one of my favorites. Like, one of my favorites. Um, uh, so good. The Web Planet is so good, guys. Um, uh, so the Web Planet, I'm also getting out Inferno and the Brain of Morbius, hopefully within the next couple days. Uh, and then Caves of Androzani, Power of the Daleks, and then I'm done. So, uh, you won't ever have to hear me talk about it again until I publish the eventual book that I'm not publishing. Um, uh, also, you can find me in a book that I was... I contributed to called Outside In, edited by Robert Smith. But did um, not publish. I, uh, what? You're like, until I publish a book, which I'm not going to publish, but I am in a book that I did not oh. publish. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like to come up with books and have other people publish them. Um, <laughs> uh, outside In, 160 perspectives on 160 <clears throat> different Doctor Who stories from 160 people who are smart um, including myself, I did a I did a contribution to the King's Demons. I see no revenue from it, but you like Doctor Who, so why not why not read it? Why not check it out? It's a bunch of like essays about what we think. My essays about the Master and why he uh, fails in the Fifth Doctor era, and it's not like his fault. Um, and it's really good. Check it out. Uh, you can find it on like Amazon. You can also Google it. Just Google Outside in Robert Smith, and it'll be something that comes up. It's about the Doctor and Doctor Who and all that stuff. Also, on the other side of Remembrance of the Daleks, we're talking about, on this show, we're talking about The Abominable Snowman and The Christmas Carol, which I'm really looking forward to rewatching um, and talking about. Uh, the Abominable Snowman, relevant because snow. Um, <laughs> and then we're going to be taking, and then we're going to talk about uh, uh, The Snowmen, which is the actual uh, Christmas special for this year. Uh, and then we're going to have some time off and then come back early, early, early next year and talk about the ambassadors of death. Uh, I, w- I was about to say, we'll come back sometime in January. And then I was like, no, I want to watch the ambassadors of death again. Um, <laughs> so just stuff to keep in mind. Uh, a lot of good stuff on the show, especially coming up. Um, talking about the, Oh my God, we're talking about the Romans soon. You guys we're talking about the Romans. Oh my God. The Romans. Anyways, good things to look forward to. I guess so. You have the little note next to it that says "bye?" Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> well, my my only thing about the Romans is it actually comes in a bundle. It's actually you get the rescue and the Romans together. But I love the rescue, and I really like the Romans, and I think you're gonna love the Romans. Um, because it's basically just four episodes of comedy, like four pure comedy episodes. So that sounds glorious. Like that. Maybe I will oh, buy that. So much fun. So good. I've got I've got a uh, another another big box of who coming i know i know i know i i'm I'm gonna have to do it soon yeah well i'm waiting as soon as amazon puts them on massive sale like they did back in march i'm gonna go nuts <clears throat> yeah i'm gonna go crazy because there's a lot of stuff that went on sale that i didn't buy that i'm already regretting that i've been regretting but buy, not buying for the past couple months so i'm just like all right next next time i'm just gonna go crazy yeah i'm definitely i, I, I definitely wanted- am as well yeah can't wait oh so awesome <laughs> So awesome. Uh, also, um, I, I uh, oh, crap. I thought of a reason, another reason people should listen to the Mind Robbers. Oh, that's right. 
Uh, speaking of things that are being published that you and or I have written, we're going to be talking about something. Yes. <laughs> Very yes. soon on the Mind Robbers. Uh, not to say that we won't shut up about it and plug it when it's getting closer here, but if you want a behind, more behind-the-scenes look, uh, we're going to be going through that on the Mind Robbers. Um, because yes. <clears throat> we've always said... Uh, that with that show, um, as the show stands currently, because we're, we, we both want to be writers, um, and as the show stands currently, we're not professional writers, so we talk about other things, but we've already talked about how if we uh, became professional writers, uh, the show would sort of almost become a outside looking in sort of thing us talking Mm -hmm. about our process and stuff like that. So um, there's something uh, happening and we're going to be talking about it. So yes, you should listen to the mind robbers to find out what that is and details about it. So yes, 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 yes. Good times. Look forward to good times. Look forward to yes. Um, All right, guys, uh, we'll talk to you next week with remembrance of the Daleks and Pandora opens the big bang. Bye. Bye. Bye.